Welcome to Boost Power Podcast. Inspiration, insights, and ideas for your business and your journey. Hi, and welcome to Boost Power Podcast. I'm your host, Betsy Wiersma. Today is the first day of the rest of your life, and it will be a great one because today you get to hear the story of Sunny Galt. She is a podcaster. She has organized her own businesses, networks. She showcased the voice of women. She's like who I want to be when I grow up. Ladies, welcome, Sunny. Oh, thank you, Betsy. Thank you for letting me be on your show today. Well, you know, I feel like like I'm giddy, kind of like now the real podcasters on my podcast. And um, I, I just want to shout you out and say thank you so much for your mentorship and help in getting Boost Power Podcast to the world, your help in getting us on Megaphone, which is a fabulous platform, and um, just your visionary leadership as a woman podcaster. I mean, just call out from all people everywhere, a big thank you to Sunny. And the oh, crowd goes wild. Oh. I need a sound effect. I have a board here, but I didn't have it queued up. See, I know. I mean, in my new studio, maybe I'll have some sound effects. But um, Sunny, I wanted everyone to meet you for lots of reasons. But one, I wanted to talk about your path to podcasting and being a woman in podcasting. Because, you know, I came the weird way through public speaking and then, you know, TED Talks and and kind of special events and marketing into podcasting. So I kind of came a weird, a really weird path, um, but I just love it. So will you tell everybody, you know, a little bit about growing up and kind of finding inside you this voice that, you know, goes out to the world and also showcases the voices of so many others? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I came through kind of an unusual route too, I think. Um, I came from the entertainment world, really. Um, So growing up, I mean, my first real venture, I mean, I guess I was kind of shy as a little girl and my mom was trying to break me out of my shell. So she put me in dance class and I just ran with that and I love dance and I would do any kind of, you know, style of dance. And, you know, growing up, I was taking, you know, I was at dance class four or five nights a week and just, I mean, that was my life. And then from there, um, I had a dance teacher who was directing a musical, a play, right? And that got me into, you know, doing more theater work, which I really liked, but all of this was helping me with my presentation skills and just to feel comfortable in front of people. And so I really thought when I, when it was time for me to go to college, I thought that's what I was going to do. I actually went to New York city and I was applying at NYU and I was going to go that whole route. Um, And then I really thought I had to think long-term about my life and what I really wanted to do. And as much as I love theater in particular musical theater, because again, I had the dance background and the vocal background and all of that. Um, I, it didn't really represent a lifestyle I wanted to have. You know, I, I didn't, um, I wanted to make a little bit more money than what most people make in that profession. I didn't want to have to live in a particular area. I wanted to choose where I wanted to live. And I thought, well, if I'm going to do theater, I'm basically going to be in New York City. So I didn't really want to do that. And so I had to take a step back. And really all of this happened again when I was applying for colleges. And I felt like it was such a big decision for me because again, I had this kind of presentation entertainment background. And I thought, well, how can I pivot that a little bit? And so that really led to me uh, taking a media class. Actually, it was a communications class. So, you know, like when you start college, you know, you just take your general stuff and whatever. Um, But I took a communication class because I thought, well, I can, you know, I can kind of present myself well, you know, what, what is communications? 
And I took my first class. I was like, okay, that's not for me. They're like, we think you want journalism. Maybe not. Because I was like learning the theory of communicating. And I was like, no, 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 no. That's not, I want the presentation side of it. And they're like, oh, you need to go to journalism. I'm like, okay, I'll go to journalism. What the heck? Let's go. It's down the hall. Let's go. Thank goodness that was only my, I was on the quarter system. So that was only my second quarter when I made that decision. I know a lot of people don't find themselves until like three, four years into college. Yeah. Thank goodness I had only been going for a couple months when I realized what I, what I, what I wanted to do. And so I started taking journalism classes. And so I ended up graduating with a degree in broadcast journalism and I went into the news business. And I think the news business was a lot different back then than it is now. It's, it's changed a lot. Um, but that's, that's how I got in. And so my first job was just, uh, (laughs) it was at a news station that was in the middle of nowhere. No one wanted to go there. No one wanted to be there, but I, I was a main news anchor at 22 years old. So I was anchoring the five and six o'clock news. Yeah. And I was reporting throughout the day. So they send me out early in the day. I'd cover all my own stories. I had to drive myself to, you know, the location. I had to shoot my own camera. I had to like do everything myself, right? Um, and I didn't know how much that was really preparing me for podcasting. We all complained about it. Like we're all fresh out of college, right? We're all complaining that we got to do our own live shots and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I ended up doing that. I, I, I kind of moved around a little bit. So I'd be done with one contract at one television station. And then you move and you're trying to climb the ranks, you know, you're trying to get to the bigger cities. So you don't have to live in the middle of nowhere. Um, and I did that a few times. And then I started dating my husband long distance. That's a whole story in itself. Um, But I started dating my husband. And then when we decided to get married, I just moved to where he was, which is San Diego, California. So that's how I ended up where I am now in San Diego, California. And then from there, I, you know, some of this is just being in the right place at the right time. You know, I mean, again, I had the background, I knew how to create something from scratch. You know, I knew how to come up with a concept for whatever story I was trying to tell. Um, You know, I had a lot of resources. You know, I I was just used to seeing the whole project all the way through. So working in those small television markets, that's what it really teaches you, right? It's like, oh, you don't have a cameraman. Oh, you don't have someone to do your audio, your life. It is you and you better figure out how to do it or you're not going to stay at that station very long. Yes. And it's funny, I've met people along my speaking career that have come from broadcast news and they would always tell the wildest stories of the craziest out on the road, especially in the small towns. Um, And they always would tell the stories of the media markets. And there's a couple of people that has been involved in the Camp Experience Network here in Denver that have moved on to Atlanta to big media markets or have gone in and out of, you know, four o'clock, 3 a.m. morning slots, which... I just admire. It's like you are dedicated to be that pretty and that together at 3 a.m. Man, I got to tell you. But I can really see how um, the hands-on storytelling really gave you that background. So now you're in um, the most beautiful part of the country, I think, uh, San Diego. I did many, many shows there over the years. And Balboa Park still um, was one of the coolest big outdoor probably 500 person theme parties I've ever done. Cool. Love that area. So you're in San Diego and then that's a pretty major media market. 
It is. And when I first, when my husband and I first got married, I was like, oh my goodness, I'm jumping a ton of markets. Like I think the last TV station I worked at before coming to San Diego was like in the 120s. I don't know if you guys know anything about market size, but it starts around 200 or maybe even a little bit higher than 200. And then like New York City's number one, right? So you're trying to actually go down in numbers. So my first TV station, I was 178. There you go. You got to tell me what was the city? Because I grew up. Oh, okay. Marquette, Michigan. Okay. That's in the upper peninsula of Michigan. Okay. Where no one really wants to be except the people that love it. And if you love it. And vacation there and love the outdoors there. Yes. Okay. Okay. It's great for snow. Like the years that I were there, like I actually, the last year I was there, we had over 300 and 300 inches of snow. See, and you remember that still to this day. Well, why do you think I live in San Diego? <laughs> That's right. Now, the totally polar opposite, as we would say, bum, 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 sh- is living in San Diego. And we actually had a reporter when I was working there. We had a reporter that actually came from San Diego. And I'm like, oh, you are in a world of hurt, right? Yeah. Get some snow tires and let me tell you about how this works. Yeah. But it was, it was such a good experience. I mean, it really was again, the hands-on learning. So I went from Michigan and then my next job was in Washington state, which is what brought me out on the West coast. Um, because I'm originally from Ohio. So I'm a Midwest girl and I had no idea my life was going to, you know, kind of hopscotch all around the country. And so then from there, I went down to San Diego. So, um, yeah, so great learning experience. So glad that I, you know, that I'm out of that and I don't have to do that anymore. And it was tough going through it, but I couldn't have, you know, you know, put together the skills and everything that I would need for podcasting. Like if I hadn't gone through that, I wouldn't have these skills. So yeah, just kind of a lesson to people when you're going through stuff, there's always stuff to learn from it. And then it could really help you in the end. So that's what and, happened. With and me. was that degree? Did you end up going to NYU to get I your- I didn't, no. So I, I looked at NYU, I looked at Tish. We went there for some um, kind of orientation kind of things. And then I was like, I just can't. I um, ended up going to Ohio State because I'm originally from Ohio. Buckeye so. head. Well, I'm from Purdue, <laughs> so Big Ten. So okay, awesome. There you go. Ohio State. I ended up graduating from Ohio University. um, Long story, but basically they had a better journalism program. So I ended up transferring my senior year, graduated on time still, which is amazing. And then got my first job, like literally like right three days after graduation. Right. Okay. So we're both Midwestern girls that came West for love (laughs) because I came to Denver to marry my then boyfriend. Okay. Drug me from Indiana through, I was in Dallas at the time and it was like, go home to Indiana, move to Colorado. I'm like, (laughs) I think I'm going to move to Colorado. I did Indiana. I'm going to try this go West young girl thing. Follow this (laughs) cute boy. What's the worst thing that can happen? That's right. You can go back to the Midwest. So I got that. So you're in San Diego and like, I, I even want to know, like, where did podcasting pop up? Like I always remember internet radio. Right. And then of course I was a public speaker. So I was going around doing my gig, you know, in small hotels, you know, if it's Tuesday, it must be Poughkeepsie and rolling my little roller down the hall to the non-smoking room, not by the elevator. Right. Uh And like doing all that gig for a lot of time. So when did the whole podcast industry really start? And then tell me how, you know, you were in part of that and about your first network. Yeah. So I feel like 
that date is gray. There's a big gray area of when it started. Cause the moment I give a date, someone's going to be like, Oh, but this person was doing. And like you said, it's kind of like an internet radio. Like, what do you, what do you do here? You know, it, there's, there's definitely a gray area. I will tell you that the first podcast I did was in 2005 but there were already some podcasts that were going at the time, okay? Um, and actually, I did a podcast on these other people's shows and how they produce their shows. So I actually got hired. This is what happened. I was in San Diego, and I had heard, it was really, for me, it was more about YouTube, because YouTube had just started, okay? And people were just starting to talk about YouTube. This is in the early, early, early days of YouTube. But because I had the TV background, I was like, wait a minute. You mean we're not bound by markets anymore and we can create videos and put them online so everybody can see them? You know, that was amazing to me. And I thought, again, because I had the skill to be able to go from, you know, concept to completion, I was like, oh, I can do this. So I literally bought a book, believe it or not, there was a book out um, on how to podcast. I like went to Barnes and Noble or something silly like that. I even order it online. I went to a physical store. I bought a physical book on how to podcast. I had an old video camera that my mom got me when I went to college. I don't know, to document memories or something. I had a laptop. I'm like, well, how does this connect to this? And I'm learning about digital signals and, and stuff you don't even have to worry about today. But I figured out how to do it, how to convert you know, video from my video camera recorder, <laughs> run it through my laptop, create a digital file. And so I was actually doing more the YouTube stuff, but then the early days of podcasting, there were video podcasts. Like that was a thing. And it's interesting because now we're starting to bring that back into the swing of things. Like it was gone for a long time. For like 15 years, it was pretty much gone. It was like, if you said podcast, it had to be audio. But now we're starting to bring that back into the fold. So it's really interesting. But um, when podcasts first started becoming popular, we had video podcasts. And so I was taking what I was doing on YouTube. I was condensing it, you know, making it all nice and pixelated. And I was pushing it through an RSS feed. So it was video, but it was, it was available in Apple. That was Apple, like because of the iPod, right? That's where we get podcasts. You know, it's a combination between like a, some sort of a newscast or some sort of cast broadcast, right? And then the iPod, that's how we get podcasts. Wow. So. I know everyone's like, Oh, wait, wait, don't take a break. Don't take a break. We're just at the birth of the podcast. And who even knew it was a child of the iPod? Oh my gosh, it was a marriage made in heaven. So we're just going to go to break really quick. You're listening to Boost Power Podcast. You are listening to Boost Power Podcast with your host, Betsy Weersma. We are part of the Global Sisterhood Podcast Network, women who amplify their voices and are committed to inspiring all people with podcasts on purpose. Enjoy these true stories and proven business tips for your business and your life. Now, back to Boost. And we're back with Sunny Galt. So there she was, TV reporter in 75,000 feet of snow, survived it, made it to the West Coast to be in love and be in San Diego away from 75,000 feet of snow. And yes. you were right there in the early days. And, uh, and so take us from there because 2005-ish, not holding you to the date, you know, here we are 15 years later. Yeah. And um, it's amazing to me, uh, podcasting. Like, for me, it's a kid in a candy store because it's all the fun of public speaking. It's yeah. all the interaction of great storytelling. And I don't have to fly around the country uh, <laughs> and go there to do it. 
and I can be super creative and creativity is appreciated. And it's not, you know, some gig I'm doing for someone else. It's kind of my, my gig. And as you know, I have three podcasts right now and I just want to have 300 children. I love it so much. So, um, so from 2005, take us through your kind of building your first network, because I think that is so fascinating about that. And then about now, you know, your brand, the independent whole podcast network. Yeah. So really for me, and and I know other people will appreciate this. Once you launch one podcast, you get the podcast bug, which Betsy, you already have, because you kind of launched with three podcasts, which sorry, my, my child's like running in the background. Um, but yeah, so I started, um, you started producing other people's podcasts and, you know, podcasts for companies. And so that's really how it started. Um, and then that was after I, you know, got my podcasting book and I <laughs> figured out how to do it. Then I started doing it for other people. And then for me personally, what happened is I was just at a stage of my life where my husband and I, we wanted to start a family. And I knew I couldn't do my traditional media job if, uh, you know, I couldn't go back to the news and just, you know, I don't know. There's always someone waiting for your job and trying to get your job. It's a very cutthroat business, right? And I never really liked that about news. So I knew that I kind of had to pivot and try something new anyways. And I thought, well, why don't I create podcasts about becoming a parent and what that whole experience is? Because it's kind of, you know, it's evergreen content, most of it. A lot of, you know, moms and dads go through that, right? A lot of people go through that. A lot of people have questions. And I had those same questions, and I thought, well, I need to take a break because I, I wanted to be a mom that was home with my kids. I wanted to do certain things. And so I thought, well, again, you know what you were saying earlier, it's like, I can be in my own house. I can have my own studio. I don't, you know, my kids can run in the background <laughs> and do whatever. Like I'm still in my home. And so that was just more conducive for my life. So for me, I started, um, I started three podcasts. They were all parenting podcasts. I didn't host all of them. I brought in other parents to host. And this was just kind of a fun thing for all of us. But then I, I did that for a few years. We, we had hundreds and hundreds of episodes. I, I added on, I ended up with five parenting podcasts. I kind of had my own mini network without calling it a network, right? I had five shows and it was set up so that once you were done with one show, you kind of graduated to the next show. Yeah. I right? love that, that you did that. I think that's so smart, especially with the whole stages of, of course I adopted a child. So I have a little bit different stages. Mine was like, no baby, baby. Yeah. Like the baby just came, but yeah. I really understand through many of my friends that have products in the whole spectrum of motherhood and parenting, you know, the stages <laughs> before having the baby, everything happening, then having the baby and everything in between. So sure. I think that's fascinating how you put that together to kind of keep people in the system. Yeah. And it was kind of unintentional. I don't know that that was even my plan. <laughs> it, that's just kind of how it worked out, you know, because the people that I had coming on board to help me host these shows, they were knowledgeable in a specific area. You know, it didn't just follow their life. You know, it was like, well, I'm a lactation consultant. So we're going to talk about breastfeeding. I'm like, that makes sense. You should have a breastfeeding show. Why don't you come on board? We'll do a whole show about breastfeeding. Like that's how it worked. Right. Um, and so I had those five shows. And what I found is more and more people were starting to podcast and they were finding my shows and they were asking me questions about how they start podcasts. And I thought, well, I already kind of have my own little mini network. I'm like, and I saw the benefit of, you know, promoting your show on other podcasts. Like that's really how I grew most of my shows. I didn't have to start from scratch. I just cross promoted my shows. And I thought, 
well, we've kind of hit a threshold, you know, kind of like a ceiling of who's listening to our shows. What if we got more shows into the mix? And again, because I have a TV background, I'm very familiar with the concept of networks and how networks work. And at the time, there really weren't a lot of podcast networks. I mean, I, I think there was maybe like podcast one and a couple of them, the really early ones had started. Um, and I thought, well, this makes perfect sense. We'll create a network. And the idea is to help each other because one of the things with podcasting is it's a, it can be a very lonely sport, right? It's like, you're kind of doing your own thing and it's great if you hear back from your listeners, but sometimes you just feel like you're cranking out content and it's like, hello, is anyone, you know, is anyone here? Like I felt lonely a lot doing my shows. And I thought, well, if there's a way to support other people while they're doing their podcast, we should do that. Um, and I've always been like a, a big advocate of the underdog, of the people that are, you know, they're really passionate about something, but they're not quite sure how to put all the pieces together to make it work. And so I knew that those are the type of podcasts that I wanted to help people that have a voice, have a vision, are excited about it, just like you, Betsy, you know, um, but may not know all the steps to get there. Right. And so that's really who we focus on. So um, nothing is a, a straight shot, right? So I had my own podcast. The first network that I launched was just focused on parenting podcasts. And I learned a lot through that. So I did that for a couple of years. And then what I found was I was going to these, pod my kids were a little bit older and I was going to these podcasting conferences and talking to different people. And a lot of people wanted to work with me, but they didn't have a parenting podcast. And I'm going, hmm what do I do here? Yeah, let's <laughs> I see. love to work with them, but you know, what do you do? And so the business woman in me was like, you need to expand, you know, your network. You need to grow so that you can still support the shows that are part of this network, but you need to grow past that. So this was a decision. Of course, I had no idea what 2020 was <laughs> going to have in store for us, but this was a decision I made in the fourth quarter of 2019 so I told my husband, I'm like, we're going to expand the network. It's going to be amazing and all this kind of stuff. And we got everything lined up and I'm going all these. Um, you should have seen the beginning of 2020 for me before COVID hit. I was like, I must have had like four or five, you know, podcasting events the first, you know, few months of the year. I was everywhere. I was promoting the network everywhere. And then COVID hit. Right. And I was like, oh, what are we going to do now? Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of, you know, I had, I had the parenting network and then it was branded for parents. And I thought I can't have something branded for parents if I've expanded my offering. Right. So then that's how IPN independent podcast network was formed, because again, I wanted to go after the independent podcasters, uh, you know, that weren't tied to some major company or some major, you know, group or whatever, that these were just people that love podcasting, perhaps they're podcast listeners themselves, and they just don't know how to, to accomplish what they want to accomplish. So that's why we call it independent podcast network. So it's been a long journey to get to this point, obviously. Um, but yeah, that's my passion. That's what I do. Well, and you know, here we are finally past 2020. Amen. As we all say a big sigh and an amen. <laughs> oh, I still shake my head and still say, really? We had a global pandemic. You know, I, like you, in 2020, was heading into the 15th anniversary of my Camp Experience Network. I had already hired an Elton John, Billy Joel impersonator. I had already paid for 150 people to be at a retreat. And then we had COVID. Oh, no. So I had that opportunity for personal growth called, you've already spent all the money. 
you will figure out how to do it. Yeah. So happy to say that last year in September, we did have 108 people live in our masks outside at an outdoor music festival. We did have the Elton John Billy Joel impersonator <laughs> come and surprise everyone. We did uh, have 41 people around the world online. And uh, we did have no cases, knock on everything wood in, in America, knock on the entire Redwood Forest, yes. um, that we had no sickness, nothing. We all did the rules. I now own 40 bottles of hand sanitizer and 40 spray bottles. And You're lots of life. Betsy. I am so set. Lots of hoarded um, wipes that I bought for six months going to every dollar store to buy every wipe in Denver. Um right. And, you know, we pulled it off, um, but I still shake my head in like, you know, there's lots of things as a business person you can try to predict, right? Um, yeah. Changes in economy and good and bad times, but um, let's have a global pandemic, right? <laughs> That'll um, be fun. <laughs> I tell you though, but I think what's cool about podcasting in the pandemic, um, I was able to do 45 podcasts that were pandemic related with my sponsors to add value to their packages because we weren't meeting in person. So we used podcasting as a marketing tool. And ah. so um, that's kind of, you know, where I see some people think I'm going to be a superstar and I'm going to be a podcaster, like a home, you know, like a YouTube star. I kind of yeah. think like I'm going to use podcasting to tell the rest of the story. Yeah. So you might hear a little bit in a post, you might see something in a profile, you might read something in a book like the stew book. Um, but what about the rest of the story that I believe um, podcasting is such a great platform to do? Um, well, and let's before we go, just talk about your vision, because I am on your volunteer committee for Let's Get Women in Podcasting. Um, and so talk a little bit about your vision for that and what you see, you know, as we look at this next 10 years of podcasting as a profession. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. You can definitely um, earn money in podcasting, right? So it doesn't have to be this, you know, endless vacuum of something that just takes up your time and your space. There is a path to getting there. Uh, I want to piggyback on something you said, and that is, you know, you don't have to have, the, of course, there are like podcast stars. I don't know if I want to call them podcast stars, but there's the Joe Rogans and whatever, but arguably they were stars before podcasting, okay? And I don't know that if you're trying to become a mega star, I don't know if I would just say, I'm going to start a podcast and be a mega star. Okay. Yeah. You I might try I, some other things. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying. Um, where I really see podcasting helping people, and, and I love how you're using it, Betsy, because you kind of tacked on to something you were already doing. It allows you to expand these stories that you're telling and create more content from that. Um, I see this as being an incredible business tool um, and, and you are using it for your business, but for companies to be able to connect with, um, with, with people right now, a lot of people still can't meet face-to-face. -face. I mean, maybe that'll change here soon by the time this comes out, but there's still a lot of people um, that can't do that. And it's really harmful for, for businesses, right? A lot of businesses are struggling because of that, but we want to be safe. So I have found that, you know, at any point when you want to have that personal experience with someone and you can't be face-to-face. -face. So maybe that isn't a business for you, but maybe that's just something you're really passionate about. There's a lot of people that are passionate right, you know, right now about different views. Podcasting is a great way to get your message out. I mean, and a very safe way because I mean, Betsy, you and I are talking from thousands of miles away or whatever, you know, and we're not at risk of hurting each other. Right. You know, and so, um, 
I just think that there's a lot of people have stuff to say right now in podcasting. It's a, it's a simple platform. Um, right now it's so different than when I first got into this space and it's just so easy to do right now. You know, you can literally, there, there's equipment out there to be able to do everything you want literally from your phone. If you wanted to, there are microphones that plug into your phone. So literally all you have to do is this and it will automatically upload to a site. So you really can't get that much, you know, more simple than that. Um, so yeah, so I, I mean, there's definitely ways to monetize. I think if you want to make money in doing podcasting, I think the key is consistency, right? Um, but if you can tack it on to something you're already doing with your business or something like that, I mean, that's an extension of your brand. Um, that's how I see a lot of people using this now. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the, the potential is endless. I just like to caution people. It's, uh, I think podcasting over the years has got a reputation for being just super simple to do. And while you know, the technology side of it is simple. It's still creating content. And whether you're blogging or, you know, you've got a YouTube channel or whatever, I like to caution people to say, listen, this is a lot more simple than, than most. And I think it's a very solid way of communicating with people because um, you get that personal touch to it. You just can't get with a blog post or whatever. When I put in my little earbuds and I listen to my podcast, you know, the person's words are going into my ear, into my soul. Like, I mean, it sound, it feels like it's a one-on-one -on -one conversation and you just don't get that with TV or radio or, you know, any of those other things. So I think it's a strong platform. It does take work, but the people that are successful at it, stick with it. I will tell you that it was a couple years before I made any money with my shows. So you have to be passionate about whatever you're talking about, right? And you keep at it. Um, I think the community of people coming alongside you is why I started the network is crucial because, you know, just like we're lifting up women, like we need to lift up other podcasters because we're all going to have our good days and our bad days, you know? Um, and I, and I think that's key. Um, so there, there's just enormous potential, um, and, and it's easier than ever to get involved and to try one. Well, and what I tell people too, is there's, there's things like you and I, we have podcasts that we host that we are a part of that we do consistently, right? We're in season eight and I'm really proud of our dedication that, you know, we're going to go weekly this year. It's a big deal. Um, instead of just do it in seasons and, and we're committed, right? Yeah. That's 52 podcasts this year for darn sure. Um, yeah. but also I let people in my network just do interviews that then they can use in their own business with me as part of my global sisterhood podcast network. So, um, so many exciting things. Well, uh, tell everyone how to reach you and then we'll do you the big finale and you'll get to draw one of the, oh, three the, the card. Excited about the card. Yes. Uh, yeah. So the best way to reach me, um, you can reach me through the network website, which is independentpodcast.network. Um, also, uh, I guess that's the best way to reach me because there's a contact form and everything on there. If you want to learn more about me personally, sunnygalt.com is my personal website. So if you want to see what other fun projects I'm working on, like I've got a Christmas tree in the background, guys, because I'm about to do a podcast with Santa Claus. So if you want to learn about all that other cool stuff that I do that's not really exactly tied to the network, that's where you go. Um, yeah, so I, I welcome, you know, the opportunity to meet you guys. It's awesome. Great. And I, I really appreciate that part of the Independent Podcast Network is your new way that our podcast network, the Global Sisterhood Podcast Network, that's just fledgling 
a little little adjective. It's fledgling. It's starting with my three. But, um, you know, hopefully as we grow, it's really great that it has such a friendly platform to host all that in. And I, I look forward for you and I cooking up some fun because yeah. I think we can. So, okay. So I'm now, um, if we were in person, you would be then touching these cards. But since we are doing this on Zoom, you're going to see the card you get before I see the card you get. Okay. And these are the Dream Big, Live Big cards at BetsyWearsma.com if you'd like some inspirational art. And you got Choose Faith, No, right? And your question is, what is your next leap of faith? What is uh, your next leap of faith? What is, my ne- what is my next leap of faith? Sometimes I feel like I don't know it until it's right upon me. Like, that's why it's a leap of faith, because I, I didn't have a chance to plan this one out. <laughs> um, so this doesn't have to be business focused. It can no, be it can be anything. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you the first thing that came to my mind. I don't know how exciting it is, honestly. Um, so as you know, I'm a mom, I've got four children, one that was running around behind me. They're all playing outside. You guys can probably hear them now. Um, so we're in a weird kind of situation right now where they were doing distant learning and now they're starting to go back to school, but at the same time, we're coming into kind of the sick months of the year when people get sick. So the school has us on a really crazy schedule where some kids are going some days and some kids are half days and I've got four of them, then they all have different schedules. So my leap of faith really is, I I, I just kind of have to let go and not worry so much about all this and just you know, they're your baby. So part of me is a little bit scared, you know, and whatever they're going to be dealing with at school and, you know, all of that. So that's really what's on my mind. I know it's not a real exciting like answer, but my leap of faith is sometimes just, you know, releasing the control, right. That I've had, I felt like I've had over the situation for the last handful of months and giving my little ones back to the school, which is a good thing. I I really want them to go back to school, trust (laughs) me, but it's like, there, there is a leap of faith there when, you know, it's still kind of a dicey time. So yeah, that's my, that's my leap of faith. We'll see. And it all really ties back around because you and I both have something in common is that we chose to be mothers mm-hmm. and I chose to what I call be a work at home mom, which yeah. was to have a full-time career around the flexibility of running the Girl Scout troop and being there for the bus and making homemade dinners, you know? So I chose that. I only had one. I got much too chicken with even one daughter to ever do four. So I'm going to pray for you every day because Thanks. you have four. <laughs> um, but I do think that um, women balancing business and personal life being motherhood or choice of not motherhood, but still women who are innovative and are progressive and are out there with new ideas. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, that it is a leap of faith that, you know what, if I can do 75% today on my podcast network, because I really have this distraction, Mm -hmm. then it's okay. And if today's 100% motherhood and 0% podcast maven, guess what, that's going to have to be okay. And then some days I can be a hundred percent podcast network and that's awesome. But usually, I don't know about you. There was always still a lot of motherhood that always worked its way in there. And I only had one. It always does. Right. I only Uh, had one. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think we have to give ourselves some grace and a little bit of pat on the back, you know, because 
even though, I mean, that was one of the blessings, I think, when, um, when this whole COVID thing happened and my kids had to do work from home, like I could be there for my kids, you know, and help them with their schoolwork and then hop on the computer and do that. I mean, I was driving myself crazy, you know what I mean? But I, I was also in a situation where I could do both. And so, um, I mean, th that's one of the nice things about being able to work from home and do all that kind of stuff. But yeah, now it's time to let them loose again. <laughs> and yes, and this this show will be in 2020. And, you know, of course, we all just hold that, like, um, yeah. there will be all kinds of things in the world um, that help this global pandemic, but also that there's really good, that out of anything comes something good. And I think what one thing will be good is people have discovered podcasts. They've mm -hmm. discovered how much fun it is to have the freedom that if they are home with their kids, they can listen to a wonderful parenting podcast. They can search online and find my uplifting stories and boost power podcast. You can learn how to cut your own hair. Like I've got 45 how to podcasts. From <laughs> um, and I look forward to, you know, to, to just really co-creating some really big ideas for the world because uh, your kind of uh, personality and your commitment is just so refreshing. And we so appreciate you sharing with Boost Power Podcast. And we thank all of you for listening to Boost Power Podcast today. You know, our philosophy is today is the first day of the rest of your life, right? So something in this story, in Sunny's story, you're picturing her with all that snow. There she is. She's driving around. She's doing the story. And that experience is serving her juggling four children, which you heard on the broadcast today in the background, um, in San Diego, running an independent podcast network, and still telling those compelling stories that make everything so rich in life. Please subscribe on your favorite podcast uh, platform and enjoy Boost Power Podcast and share this with other people who like our uplifting energy and great stories of amazing women. And if you'd like to see all of our seasons, visit campexperience.com backslash Boost Power Podcast. This is your host, Betsy Weersma. Thank you for listening to Boost Power Podcast and plugging into stories from the journey of business and life. Our music today is by singer-songwriter Megan Burt. We are recorded at Cinder Sound Studios, and we're part of the Global Sisterhood Podcast Network, women who amplify their voices and are committed to inspiring all people with podcasts on purpose. Learn more at globalsisterhoodpodcastnetwork.com.